Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries, where we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira, if you're new here. And if you're new here, I want to just welcome you all and just say thank you for stopping by. Also, make sure that you subscribe, because if you hear something that you like when you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be notified every single time we have a new episode. So that's to my new people. Now... If you're a ride or die, if you've been here for a while, welcome back. Thank you for tuning back in for a new episode. So, y'all know how this goes. We're going to hop right into our carefree updates. We're going to talk about what's been happening. Um, And it's been a lot happening, but we're only going to cover a little bit. All right, folks. So, this is an update that I was extremely, extremely reluctant to do, if I can be transparent with you all. But I have to do it. So it's been revealed that Jesse Smollett lied about his attack, his hate crime that he alleged happened to him. Now, I'm pretty sure that you know who he is by now because they have been talking about this case everywhere since the day that it happened. But if by chance you aren't aware of it, if you need a refresher, Jesse Smollett is an actor and an artist. He played Jamal Lyon on Empire, so that may be where most people know him from. Anyway... January 29th, he said that he was attacked by two masked men who tied a rope around his neck and poured a chemical substance on him. And he alleged that these two masked men said um, that this is MAGA country and some other racial and homophobic language. When the news broke, I can honestly say that I was devastated. Now, I'm a shoot first and ask questions later kind of person, especially when it comes to my people. Like... I don't want to have to question the validity of a story, especially when it's said to be a hate crime. Um, I just feel like we get enough of that from other people. As soon as something happens in our community, some of the things that people say in response to those happenings are, well, what did that person do? You know, it's just, it's a lot. And being that we deal with people second guessing our stories on the regular, I never want to be on that side of the spectrum. Like, I never want to add to the pain of a victim by questioning them. That's why it took me so long to accept that something just wasn't right about the story. And I'm being honest. I just could not understand how someone would lie about that. And let me say this. You have to be a selfish selfish individual to play on people's emotions for your own benefit especially at a time like this when things are so sensitive and we're living in this political climate that we're living in like how could you lie for your own personal gain like I know people lie for their own personal gain but this was just like to the extreme we just had a young man get killed while he was sleeping in his car in a Taco Bell parking lot That young man was shot 25 to 26 times in his car by six police officers. We've had Trayvon Martin. We've had Sandra Bland. We've had Freddie Gray. And I could literally sit here and go on and on. And for someone to lie, I'm just not understanding. And I see reports saying that he lied because he was dissatisfied about his salary. Jesse, come on, come on, come on. Like, There are people that would kill to be in your position on a show like Empire alongside Taraji and Terrence Howard. Like, you're literally on set with legends. And if you weren't happy about your salary, there are other ways to handle that. Like, he could have had his manager or whoever represents him 
make renegotiations with the studio. Like you could have done brand deals so that you could get money on the side. I mean, anything, anything but this. And it's just sad all around, but I refuse to let this stop me from believing my people. One bad apple will not spoil the bunch for me. Let's do better, black people. Let's do better. Now, moving on to more happier matters, because, I mean, this Black History Month has been the freaking twilight zone or something. And I just need some good news, and you probably do as well. So here is some news for you. Zendaya, Zendaya. Zendaya I'm not sure how it's pronounced but people always tell me I'm pronouncing it wrong my niece specifically always tells me I'm pronouncing it wrong but y'all know who I'm talking about she has become the newest and youngest ambassador for the brand Lancome she's also collaborating with Tommy Hilfiger to create her line of clothing under that umbrella and I've seen a few pieces and I've loved every single one like I'm big on that like throwback kind of 70s trend and that's what her clothing line looks like to me so big congratulations to her so there goes something that we can celebrate also something we can celebrate um over on the podcast page on instagram this week we posted a picture of beyonce and jay-z and they were in front of a portrait of Meghan markle Beyonce posted that picture along with the video saying thank you for the award that her and jay-z won aka the carters won for Best International Group from the Brit Awards. Now, why this was so significant is because the British media has been giving Meghan such a hard time. Before her and Prince Harry even got married, they were giving her a lot of flack for pretty much anything. Um, And we know why, because she's a mixed-race woman. And they give her a hard time about what she wears, any little thing she does. I mean, it's crazy. I've seen an article this week that was basically people complaining about her holding her belly. She's pregnant. Like, how how can you be mad at someone for holding their belly? Like, I, I, I don't understand. But that video from Jay-Z and Beyonce really was like a we see you and we got your back kind of moment. And I loved it. So hopefully those little updates were able to give you a little contrast in the regular downtrodden news that we've been hearing lately. I hope they helped you and I hope they made you feel a little better about things that are going on. There are some positive things happening, but we just don't see them as much as we see the bad things. So that's all for our carefree updates today. Let's have a word from our sponsor and then we'll hop into our topic of the day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So I have been wanting to talk about this topic on here for a little over a week, and I started to have the discussion 
for last week be this topic, but I needed more time to see how to arrange my thoughts on this. But today, let's talk about listening to black women. What really triggered me and compelled me to have this conversation was a video and it was floating around Twitter and Instagram last week. And in the video, Monique, I'm sure you all know her from the Parkers. She's a comedian. She was a guest on Steve Harvey's talk show. And they start off in the interview. They start off talking about when she was going around a little while ago. I, I believe it was like near the end of last year. And she was going around saying that people should boycott Netflix because of pay inequality. Cool. Well, as the interview goes on, Steve Harvey tells her how that, you know, they're in the money game and black people can't be how we really are behind closed doors when we're out here playing the money game. One thing that Monique said in response to him saying that was, we've lost the integrity worrying about the money, which I do believe to be true. Do I feel like Monique went about things in a way that was appropriate? I can't really speak on that, but I will say that if I were in her shoes, I probably wouldn't have gone about it in the way that she did. But this is not about Netflix or any of that. What we're talking about is the issue I had with the entire interview and what really rubbed me the wrong way was how he talked over her and wouldn't allow her to speak in a way that was appropriate for an interview. It was almost like he was talking at her and not to her. And I had a real problem with that, especially when I saw the video footage of part one and part two. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And it made me think about how black women have so many situations where we are silenced or made to feel diminished when we want to speak up and out about something. And this interview was just one of many, many examples of that. Think about how long it took for R. Kelly to be arrested. For I mean, after years and years of black women coming forward and saying that he was inappropriate with them. It took a whole six-part production series on Lifetime for people to actually start listening to those women and to actually pay attention to their stories. It was like we didn't care until that came out. Why did it take all of that? Why weren't we listening to those women years ago? back in the 90s and not only do we not give black women the same amount of attention when it comes to sexual assault but how many times have black women spoken and their words have been misconstructed or misquoted although i know many people are not a fan of her before i okay because i got on my twitter last night and i was like i want to say something on my podcast i don't know how people are going to take it but i'm gonna say it anyway so I know many people are not a fan of her, but keep in mind when I say this, today's topic is not about her specifically. It's about how she fits into the bigger picture of listening to black women. Even though you may not be a fan, don't shut down, you know, keep an open mind. Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, she was on The Breakfast Club maybe about a week or two ago, and there was a question asking, has she ever smoked before? Her response was yes, and Charlemagne and Envy asked her questions at the same time directly after that. One question was, what music did she listen to when she smoked? And the other asked, what does she like to listen to? 
And her response was Tupac and Snoop Dogg. And she also mentioned Cardi B later on. But when I listened to the interview, I thought absolutely nothing of it. The next morning, I'm in the car again because I was listening to this interview on my way to work. So the very next morning, I'm on my same routine on my way to work, listening to The Breakfast Club. And while I'm listening to it, the following day, they were saying that people were upset with her and were saying that she was lying because Tupac and Snoop Dogg weren't even out at the time that she was in college because she said that she smoked when she was in college. And I was just dumbfounded at this because people had actually put time and effort into Googling what year she was in college and then Googling what year Tupac and Snoop's albums came out. And since those times didn't align, they were quick to call her a liar. But the problem was they completely didn't think about the fact that she was answering one question and that question was, what music does she like? Not the question asking what music did she listen to when she smoked. And that really, that rubbed me the wrong way as well, because how were people so quick to want to fact check that? But there are so many things said on the news. We have Megan McCain, who actually talked about it on The View, and I'm not a fan of Megan McCain. We had people talking about it on Fox, and I'm just like, there are so many other topics. There are so many other things that are important to what's going on, and y'all are really checking to see if their albums came out when she was in college and didn't even listen to the entire interview. Because if you listen to the interview, you will have seen that she was answering the other question and not the one about music. She listens to while she smokes. But anyway, you may not be a fan of her. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself, but it was just the fact that that was a topic of conversation on Twitter and on the news when Flint still does not have clean water. The young man that I mentioned earlier that was shot at the Taco Bell parking lot. I haven't yet to see that on a major news channel yet, but we're we're looking at that. And to give you a historical reference of black women being misquoted, let's talk about Sojourner Truth. When I was in elementary school, there was a program I was in and the program was named after her. And one of the first things they taught us about her was in reference to her most famous speech. You may be familiar with it, um, that saying, ain't I a woman? That speech. Now, to give you a bit of a backstory, in 1851, at an Ohio Women's Rights Convention, Sojourner Truth gave the speech. But the thing about this speech she gave is her friend, who was a reporter, Marius Robinson, transcribed the speech just a few weeks after the convention. And she never said that famous line that we associate with her. Yeah, that ain't I a woman? More than likely was never uttered from her lips. What happened was a women's rights activist at the time, whose name was Frances Dana Gage, she posted a completely different rendition of the speech in 1863. That's 12 years after the speech was actually given as opposed to the few weeks it took for the other reporter to transcribe the speech. So in the version released 12 years later, that's the one we know her for. That's the one that they said she says in Ain't I a Woman about four different times. In this speech, she was painted by this, the lady, Frances Gage. She was painted to be this tall woman 
who during her speech, she emphasizes her arms as if she's showing off her muscles and she speaks with a lot of force. But by the account of the reporter, this wasn't the Sojourner Truth we know her to be today. Instead, she was almost like timid and she had extreme manners based off of how she was raised. And it's almost like the famous version strips her of her femininity. How many times has that happened to black women? And if that doesn't sound familiar, think about when Serena Williams contested the umpire at the U.S. Open last year. They talked about that forever, and she was painted as this angry black woman, and there were comics drawn for newspapers of her having big lips, big limbs, and stomping like a child. Those images look like a caricature of black people, and we're all too familiar with that. And in me thinking about all of these issues and all of these situations and how they correlate with the black woman experience, I was hit even closer to home when I attended a basketball game last week. Y'all know I love basketball. I'm sitting in the second row of the bleachers. I'll give you a visual. I'm sitting in the second row and I'm sitting behind the table that, you know, that table where the people sit that are taking um, scores and stats for the teams. That one. Now, to my left is a predominantly white team, and there are three white male coaches. The person that was keeping track of the stats for that team, so their fouls, everything along those lines, the points, all of that, she was a black woman that I knew. So the game starts, and one of their star players, he starts fouling the other team left and right. I mean, it was crazy. Once he hit his third foul in the first quarter, and as a note, like, just in case you aren't familiar with it, in basketball, you get five personal fouls you can make before you have to come out of the game. So this guy was at three. So I'm sitting there thinking, if they don't take him out of the game, he's going to foul out, like, before halftime because he's already at three, and the first quarter isn't even done yet. So the black woman I know that was taking the stats for that team she gets the coach's attention and she says, you know, he has three fouls. Maybe y'all should sit him out for a little bit. Let me tell you, all three coaches told her that she was wrong. All three. And I'm sitting there watching like I'm I'm in disbelief because I'm watching the game and I have seen every foul called on him. But these three men told her that she was wrong. They said he only had two fouls and when I tell you they argued her down about it right there, and I just could not believe it. You know when you start wanting a certain kind of car, or better yet, you start dating someone and they drive a car. It's almost like once you start dating that person, once you become aware of their driving situation and things like that, you start seeing that car everywhere. Or even if you start liking a car and you start wanting a car you start seeing that model of car everywhere in places that you hadn't really noticed before that's how I was with this topic once I started thinking about it I noticed it everywhere even the small nuanced things that we see every single day but ignore because that's just the way things are like we just chalk it up to that I started seeing it and being more aware of it and I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with the weight that we put on black women to support everyone else 
But when it comes time for them to speak up about something pertaining to themselves, they're silenced or taken out of context. I'm not comfortable with the archetype of the angry or the sassy black woman. It's like we want black women to speak out, but not too loudly. We want black women to bear the weight of the world. And when they become hardened by carrying that weight, we rarely stop to ask them how they're doing. We perceive attitude as being off-putting, but for most black women, I can dare to say that it's a defense mechanism to protect ourselves. And also, why? Why do we sexualize little black girls? I'm baffled by that. We tell them, don't wear this, don't do that, don't say this, don't act like that, stop being grown. Rarely are little black girls given the same room and allowances to be themselves as their counterparts are given. Our counterparts are given. When I was growing up, I loved to read. I still do. And I still vividly remember being at church during a weekday. I think my mom had like a usher meeting or something like that. I don't know. But I was sitting in the foyer of the church. So that little section that is before you enter a church, I was sitting there reading because I was waiting on her. And I remember I was reading Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I remember because it had the green cover and it was Harry and Dumbledore on the front. That book came out in 2005. So that means I was in fifth grade and I was about 11 years old. A mother of the church came up to me and she said, you think you've grown reading that that witchcraft in here? And that is something that I will never forget. Now, a lot of older people who really didn't understand the books at that time said that it was witchcraft. More than likely, none of them had ever actually read one page of the book, so it didn't bother me. But what blew my mine at that time my 11 year old mine away was her saying that I thought I was grown like what was the correlation between reading and thinking I was grown at 11 years old but we do that to little black girls I remember when girls would get little clip-in braids y'all remember they had like the butterfly clip on the top and it was like a fake look it was like a little synthetic pink braid or blue or green or something like that and We would get them from maybe like Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. They just popped up out of nowhere. But we would have those and adults would say that we were trying to be grown. But the funny thing is that wasn't said about other non-black girls our age. For them, it was the norm. It was acceptable. We groom black girls from early on to be less of themselves or should I say a more acceptable version by society standards. Like, we can't get upset or show emotion for fear of being stereotyped. I remember when I graduated from my HBCU in college, and I started grad school at a PWI, a predominantly white institution. And I would find myself using voice inflictions when I spoke in class because I didn't want to give my classmates the wrong impression of black people. It was like I was being the black spokesperson. And to be honest and transparent, Sometimes I still feel like that. I still catch myself altering how I would say something for fear of my classmates and not understanding. I never want to get too angry um, or show too much emotion when we have class discussions, especially when it comes to race, 
because I know that already the image many people have carved into their minds of how black women are is like angry. And I don't want to reinforce that cliche, that stereotype. So last week I was in class and one of my classmates, she's a white woman, she's from Russia. And she said that she was talking to a class and she was surprised when the students said that they refer to themselves as black women. And she said, you know, to herself in her mind, she thinks of herself as just a woman. And the other white women in the class, they agree saying that that's the only way they've thought about themselves too, just as women. But there's a young woman from Africa in the class as well. And she said that back home, they only think of themselves as women too, not African women. And there's a girl from Jamaica, and she said that when she lived in Jamaica, to her, it was just, I'm a woman. She didn't feel like she had to identify as black and a woman. And so the lady from Russia, she looked at me, and she was like, "Um, you know, what does that mean? Like, where does that mindset come from? And I told the class that being in a location or a place where... From your standpoint, you're a member of the majority. Being a member of that majority allows you the benefit of just being a woman, and that's it. But black women have always and will always bear being both black and a woman. And that intersectionality of gender being a woman and race being a black woman, it's a heavy weight to carry. The least we can get is the benefit of being listened to and understood. Listen to without being talked over, cough, cough, Steve Harvey. Listen to without being seen as an angry black woman, Serena Williams, and so many other situations. And listen to without our words being misinterpreted or misconstrued to mean something completely different than what we said or to make us feel like what we're saying isn't important. That's the least that we can get. So when I say listen to black women, I'm not just talking about people of other races. I'm talking about us, too. We have to start listening to one another. And when we start doing that and we start being stronger and standing stronger in that, it'll be a message for everyone else to see that it's time for them to do the same. So let's start at home first, black women. Let's do it. I believe that our generation, we have the power to make some great changes. I know it and I feel it. So that's all we have for today. I feel much lighter because I have been carrying that for about two weeks. <sighs> I can breathe. Don't forget that you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The Instagram handle is Carefree and Black Diaries, and the Twitter handle is Carefree B L K P O D. So Carefree Black Pod, but not Black, you know, B L A C K, just B L K. And yeah. Also, if you follow those social media handles, you'll be able to hang out with us throughout the week when we post different things and talk about different things. And not just on Tuesdays when we have a new episode. And if you follow those social media platforms, you'll be reminded when we have a new episode because we let you all know every single time. I hope that you all have an awesome week. Happy Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this on. Thank you for listening. Stay carefree and black, and we'll see you next time in the next episode of The Carefree and Black Diaries. Bye, guys.